0: Time for the bubbiest podcast of the world! It's me, bubble! Hi there everyone, this is the first episode of Beer Bubbles at Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival 2022. This was actually the 30th anniversary of the festival and we got to meet Key, Television Brewing, Timothy Taylors, just to mention a few. Make sure to check out our Patreon for extra material and a chance to get some cool merchandise. Now, have a beer and Enjoy! And that's the sound of beautiful beer all the way from the U.S. We're sitting here. This is Beer Bubbles, by the way. I'm sitting here with Rasmus, as always. Hello. And we've got a good friend of ours all the way from the U.S., Canarchy. Uh This is Jesse.
1: How are you doing? Very good. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. <laughs> so right, I must say, Key is the best name I've ever heard. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Should we pour some beers? Let's do it.
0: Because yeah. right in front of us, we've got... Uh, uh, beer from two different breweries and you're
1: actually representing two different breweries that's right two independent craft breweries that we decided it was just easier to work together and we buy hops together and buy cans together but we keep uh keep our independent brands and our independent cultures which one do you want let's start with dale's pale ale yes Cece's <laughs> <laughs> absolute favorite beer the, uh, this is my desert island beer so, so this is actually the 20th can of Dale's Pale Ale. 20 years ago Yay! this year, we started oh. canning Dale's Pale Ale and changed the uh, beer industry forever. Yeah,
2: because Oscar Blues was the first, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. first craft brewery to put beer in I cans. It, yeah. to, together
0: with uh, Ball was the company name of the uh, can.
1: That's right. Ball does all the can
0: production for well, us. Well, cheers. 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 And that was my, not my can. Clinging together with those guys. It was their <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> Jesse, tastes as good
2: as two days ago.
0: <laughs> I think it actually tastes better because I didn't drink it two days ago. <laughs> 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 Jesse, tell us who you are and how you became what you are and what you do and do what you do
1: (laughs) for sure my name is jesse Kirchhoff. so i'm the international business development manager for canarchy more importantly that just means i'm a beer geek and i travel all over the place talking about beer so uh awesome to be here in stockholm so we we do work together oscar blues in colorado and um, cigar city brewing in tampa florida which is currently getting hit by a Category five hurricane, but everybody is okay. We're all evacuated and closed the brewery for the moment. But um, for me, basically, I can work together with both of these breweries. So I work for the company. The name is Canarchy, but I represent each of these brands when I when I bring them out here. And so I've I've been traveling around the world for my whole life. I just absolutely love beer. I'm a certified beer judge, I'm a certified Cicerone, I've done all the training, and I've done brewing and all these wonderful things, but uh, this part of my job, I get to come out and talk to people and get liquid to lips and make sure everybody knows what we're about. <laughs> it, it's,
0: it's a bit like all does with scone.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'm not as good at kayaking as he is, but... <laughs> How- go ahead <laughs> no, how,
2: how did everything start out for you it's my question like it's uh, you had done a lot of things since beer yeah and I, just and
1: i've it even it's a much uh, busier story than that but i was living in japan for 12 years and uh you can't really get a good american beer out in japan you couldn't at the time when i first moved there in 2005 and uh i got really interested in home brewing beer and i just really wanted to make fantastic hoppy american ipas so i Started homebrewing in my tiny Japanese kitchen and uh, just got really into beer scene out there. And I started volunteering for all kinds of beer fests and meeting all the breweries and actually ended up working for a Japanese import company that was importing American beers. Mm. So one thing led to another. I got to meet everybody from Stone, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, Oscar Blues, you name it. Um, and when I was moving back to America with my family and wanted to raise my kids in uh, America, Oscar Blues was happy to, to pick me up and the rest is history. Oh, that's awesome. But it's not your first time here in Stockholm. That's right. We met before. That's right. <laughs> a couple times now. <laughs> 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 this is my third time uh, post-pandemic, mm. post-COVID, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Uh, three years ago was awesome. Four years ago, you know, it, this place was just wall-to-wall people. And I'm mm. sure tomorrow will be the same.
0: The 30th anniversary of the Beer and Whiskey Festival. And you're not just here representing uh, Oscar Blues and Cigar City. You actually became a beer judge. You, <laughs> you, you're judging the finals of the best <laughs> Swedish beers.
1: The best of the Swedish beers. So the, the gentleman I was judging with, Jan-Erik and Michael and everybody else, uh, they did the hard work and filtered everything out. So I got to taste the nine gold medal Swedish beers today. And we picked uh, top three beers. So we'll see how many medals are handed out today. <laughs> it was uh, some great
0: beers. You got your ear to the ground, so to speak. Uh, in the u.s what is happening over there what is the new trends because it normally comes here about six months or a year later what's happening over there
1: you know the the major trends right now are loggers, ipas and double ipas and i know it doesn't sound like a new trend but um mm. it i think the logger trend has continued to develop first it was just us brewers who wanted to have something for a shift beer something clean crisp nice and it's really difficult to make a clean lager, as you know, mm. but uh, luckily now it's it's gotten more and more support and, you know, we, we just see better and better real classic, fantastic German lagers, but brewed in America, or even now these American lagers that are almost like a, you know, an American light lager, but they have much more character craft ingredients mm. and uh, that trend I think is just going to be around for quite a while.
2: Because we've seen in Sweden, the, the hazy IPA trend is starting to a little bit, not much, but stop <laughs> it's uh, go more, down a bit yeah least, go yeah. down more of those traditional ipas west coast ipas are coming back even harder even though some of them aren't really at the top of that sure where they where should be uh
1: you see that in america too you know we we still have a lot of demand for our hazy ipas mm. um you know we we thought it was going to be a short-lived trend as well and we do see a strong you know push back and a renaissance for these classic ipas and classic pale ales and you know people are really coming back to beers like dale's pale ale so it's fantastic mm. it's still around but you know, we've still got a lot of demand for hazy IPAs, and we still continue to find ways to innovate. We've got a, a new beer just coming out this year from Oscar Blues called Hazy Blues IPA, um, a throwback to when we used to be brewing in a, a hazy uh, basement with jazz uh, playing live. And um, you know, it's 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 <laughs> fun Lions? to use these um, in, in Lyons is where we uh, first started, and now we're we're brewing this in Longmont, in Colorado. And you know, we're we're continuing to find new ways of. I don't know, our, our our head brewer Tim says, uh, milk the hops. You know, just find a way to just really get that last drop of all the hop aromas and hop flavors and, and manage to retain that within the beer. So that should be coming to Sweden mm. at some point, hopefully. Nice.
2: Should we try the other one before? Yeah, well, of we course s- we should. And we'll, we'll try that one while we... Well, I'll, I'll ask you this last question we have. So
1: this next beer is called Maduro Brown Ale. Maduro means mature, and it's a, a type of cigar you would find, but... It's very hard to find a, a good brown ale left in America. Not that brewers don't want to make it. It's just consumers haven't um, been open to pr- to purchasing as much of it.
0: That is true. Th- this style is... You can't find that often. I, I know um, Left Hand's got one called Ellie's Brown Ale. Yeah, A bit fantastic. in the same, same uh, style Avery. as well.
1: Uh, yeah, that's a fantastic yeah. beer. Um, so this one's actually... Technically, it's a... a Brown porter, um, it's more of a British style. But when mm. you say brown porter to most people, they, you know, they they go a little lost in the eyes. So w- we call this just a brown ale, but it, technically it's an English style uh, English yeast we use for this. It's five point five percent, and we actually add oats to give it this really nice, smooth, silky mm. body. Um, it goes
2: very well with food.
1: Oh yeah, we, we've had sure it it actually
0: had it on our limited list at, at work, and it, and on tap, and on tap. And when it comes to uh, like burgers, uh, free, grilled meats, yeah. whatever. It's, it's an absolute perfect
1: match. It goes so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, actually, I think it's our most awarded beer. It might be now. This one, back-to-back gold medals at the Great American Beer Festival, which is no small feat.
2: Oh, that's nice. And now we've actually moved from Colorado to Tampa. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's <laughs> right. cheers! Cheers. And now oh. I'm going to ask you the most difficult question we have. <laughs> You're about to die right now. In this second. You can have one more beer
1: whatever you want what are you having you know i have to go with dale's pale ale i mean i know <laughs> thank you! i know we're drinking it i know it's right in front of me and i know i work for the brewery but even before i worked for the brewery this beer goes with everything it goes with every situation it goes with whatever you're feeling or eating or drinking it's um it's a desert island beer and it's a last minute of life beer <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you very much yes it's, it's been great an having you on the pleasure.
1: podcast Thank you so much. I look forward to listening. It's right. going to be great. Right. Cheers, mom. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh,
2: yeah. Welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world, which you didn't say last time. No, but, but it is the bubbliest podcast. It's the bubbliest podcast in the world. <laughs> and we are joined... By the Brewery Roosters, and who are you?
3: Hi, I am Tom from Roosters Brewery. <laughs>
2: nice to meet you. Uh, tell us a bit about who you are and what you do for the for Roosters.
3: So, I am. Uh, it's, we're a family-owned business based in North Yorkshire, in England. Uh, I am one of the co-owners. So, my role is I am our commercial director. So, I handle everything from all of our creative, all the way through to our production planning. I'm the ideas guy. I pass things on to the brewers to then make the You're the one who nice going beer. like,
0: yeah, that would be nice, do it. Yeah, yeah pretty much,
3: pretty much. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I oversee our, we have an on-site taproom there as well, mm. so I, I oversee the managers there. And basically, I, it's almost an easier question to answer. You say, what do, what don't you do? Um, <laughs> you the easy do. answer is, I don't, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't brew the beer. You're um, like a spider with his web. Yeah, yeah, I don't brew the beer.
0: And this is not your first time. We talked on the stairs on the way up here. Yeah. Not your first time in Stockholm, but first time pouring beers.
3: First time pouring beers at the festival. Mm. I came here as a drinker six years ago. Came over with some friends to experience Stockholm for the first time, have a holiday, and came to this festival. Have vague memories of being at this <laughs> festival. Uh, <laughs> eight, ending the night in the Oliver Twist, as I recall, and just having a really, really cool time. So, um, yeah, and then this Probably is
0: drinking with yoga, and that, that's the way you lose your memory.
3: Yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah. so, so me and him, <laughs> yeah, we, we have a... We have a, an interesting backstory uh, in terms of how we met, so uh, it's, oh, always, tell, it's always tell good. Come on, tell us. So, uh, <laughs> we, I, we were in Portland, Oregon, in the US. Oh, I was there um, to go to the Craft Brewers Conference to go and have some fun as well and, and go to some seminars. And then the guy that I was with, who's our guy that we work with in London, basically just tapped me on the shoulder one day and said, we're getting in this car. Some people, have o- some people have organized a brewery tour. They've laid on these two cars. Uh, all of a sudden, we're invited. So I just got dragged into this taxi and sat next to this guy called Jürgen. Uh, and the rest is history. Uh, I used to work for him for seven and a half years up at Oliver Twist. So oh, I mean, nice. I know, nice the way. Yeah. I know the way he is. So, yeah, um, we've, we've, um, I then bumped into him at a beer festival in England three years later. And then we kind of said, if we're going to keep meeting at beer events, then <laughs> we should maybe work together. <laughs> so yeah, so, so the uh, great brands have been bringing our beers in for the last, mm. last few years, yeah.
2: Well, that's
0: really nice. So what what's, what kind of beers do you do? What's your style? We have something in the glass here as yeah, well. We, we yeah, have, so thought you in should front of us... You say cheers. Cheers, cheers
3: yeah. Great to, great to see you guys. So in front of us at the moment, we have Strength in Numbers, which is our 7% West Coast IPA just launched uh, with system belaga last week oh uh, last friday yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so congratulations uh, on that. yeah something that again since meeting jürgen uh we'd and, and my basic understanding of the swedish beer market and since coming here six years ago was something that I, we were really really keen to to try and uh, develop so really really excited that we've got this beer over here the brewery in general i mean we turn 30 years old next year so roosters mm. is 30 in 2023 so my family own it now the founding brewer Way back when, a guy called Sean Franklin, he was the first brewer in the UK to cotton on to these incredible US hops. The likes of Sierra Nevada had been using, creating Sierra Nevada Pale Ale in the nineteen eighties. Well, if
0: that's thirty years ago, that was quite early.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he it, So Yankee is our is one of our flagship beers. We have it in we do it in can, cask, and keg, hmm. and it was the first beer in the UK to be brewed using Cascade. Oh, cool. So not only did he brew with it first in the UK. Our hop supplier wasn't even aware of what was going on, and, and they, 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 their focus was English hops. Mm. So Sean actually flew to the states, developed relationships with the farmers, and imported hops directly. And this oh, is in awesome. 1993. Yeah. So um, did a really good job of of basically. Uh, he was a winemaker originally, so he uh, or he tried to be a winemaker, I should say. He <laughs> failed. His, he failed his final exam <laughs> trying to make wine. But he, but he realized he realized in the 80s actually that similarities between grapes and hops Um, so when he when he set roosters up in 1993 uh, he did it on the basis of i really want to make balanced beers i want i want to accentuate the quality of the hops so a lot of uh, english beers traditionally would be brown would be porter's stouts uh so even the pale ales uh were a light brown back Mm in back in this period Mm -hmm. So he, he decided that, you know, low-colour malt was a relatively new thing. So if I have this low-colour malt that's going to create a really delicate background for the, uh, you know, base yeah, for yeah. the beer. We're looking in our part of Yorkshire that we have soft, soft water. And then he got a, a traditional English ale yeast strain, that which, we, which we, we still use today. We crop and reuse every week, uh, which is a very neutral yeast. So therefore, let's create this platform and let, let the hops do the talking. Okay. Yeah. So, so he did that with Yankee. And then the, the the reputation of the brewery kind of is, is built on that platform, really.
0: And this is the 30th anniversary of the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival.
3: Mm. Uh, so one year older than your brewery.
0: Yes. What do you think of uh, the atmosphere and what's happening here?
3: I think it's fantastic. I think, you know, I, like I say, I came, came here I've, uh, a few years ago. I've been fortunate enough to go to different. I went to Copenhagen Beer Festival uh, on holiday and I've been to festivals in other countries in the U.S., and the reason for mentioning those is when I compare this sort of festival back to what we have in the in the u k this is my kind of festival um, <laughs> this is this is you know it's all about sampling, experimentation, conversation, whereas I think what we get wrong at certain events in the u k is it's about volume and it's about <laughs> chucking beer getting down and, <laughs> pissed yeah pretty much chucking beer down your neck and getting pissed and I, 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 what I really like about what I'm ex- what I've experienced here is is it's it's about Flavor, enjoyment, conversation. Yeah, um, yeah I, think, I think it's... Getting know. pissed comes afterwards here. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah <laughs> it, you know it's, it's a natural byproduct. <laughs> we try it <laughs> first <laughs> and then we go, I like that, I'll, I'll have that at night. Yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, yeah,
2: unavoidable. We started talking a little bit more about beer trends again uh, since now after the pandemic we'll, we'll, we'll see beer moving again a bit more. We've seen in Sweden that, like, for example, the hazy IPAs has been going down a little bit and more traditional styles of IPAs has been going up. Have you seen those trends in England or what kind of trends have you had? Yeah, there I, think, now?
3: I think so. I think um, definitely, you know, whether it's people paying more focus or more interest in, in traditional lager styles or things like there was a big cry. Oh, certainly on social media last year, there was there was lots of people getting excited about best bitters again. And, and you know, West Coast kind of with the advent of New England and sub styles of, of IPA, West Coast kind of got forgotten about. And now people are going, oh, I miss that. I yeah. miss that bitterness. <laughs> I miss that. Juicy, chewy kind of.
0: And, and the smell when you get a fresh West Coast style IPA, and you smell it and you taste it, and it's dry, it, and it like hooks you back to have another sip because your mouth goes dry. Yeah, yeah. And you go like, oh, I'll have another I, one, another sip. I,
3: like, I, you know, I love, I love just how, you know, like if you, if you come back to talking about wine when Sean was, was this was this winemaker, wine is limited to grapes, beer mm-hmm. is just a world of like. We well, got four ingredients instead of one. Well, you have got four to start with, yeah. and then you can <laughs> dick around and start doing yeah. fruit and and, you know, and whatever, even with those
0: know. four, you can do so many things. It's absolutely, like, uh, the roasting or the malt. You got different varieties of hops. because yeah. when it comes to um, beer, the only thing you can really talk about terroir, as in wines, yes. is hops.
3: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But but I, but I think I think there's been a period of and it's you know it's not a bad thing where there's just been this explosion of, of breweries brewers worldwide you know sub styles of ipa coming out new england and and, and these kind of things and i enjoy drinking those beers don't get me wrong but then i drink something like a west coast and i'm like oh that's why i got into beer that's <laughs> that's <laughs> the reason you know um so i think talking to the guys that i'm here uh, or the guys i've been speaking to at the festival so far as well there's been a lot of people have said oh it seems there's this shift back to traditional styles which is in, yeah, I definitely think that's starting to happen in the UK as well, and possibly even in the US. I think you know it's almost gone full circle where people have gone, oh, we've run out of ideas. Why don't we go yeah. back to <laughs> basics and, and remember that's what in it some should proper be. Log, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or some proper real ales. Remember it for what it should have been
0: because real ale is on the decline,
3: sadly, in the UK. But I think it's going to come back. Real ale? Oh, you say it's on the, de- the that, decline? Yeah, on a hand pump. Yeah, I, th- there's a big. Um, kind of campaign or impetus at the moment to really kind of reinvigorate cask beer, mm. real ale in the UK. Um, I'm fortunate enough for two reasons that I live in the north of England. Yeah. One, because it's the north of England and it's just better than the other parts <laughs> of England. <laughs> well, yeah, well. Um, but, the, but but we, we, we do cask beer is, is mm. just so integral to pubs in the north. Um, yes. It's, you know, whether it's because it's a more rural area, so you, have, you naturally have country pubs where it's just, it's far more traditional or whatever, and, I don't and know. You, and you sell
0: your local beer.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I think, you know, I, I go to London fairly regularly. And it's, I think that sort of area, it's definitely on the decline because there's lots to distract other people in London. Whereas mm. in the north, I, I, you know, there's no real reason for it. But I live there. I haven't noticed it being on the decline in the north of England, Good. certainly in Yorkshire, mm. because, Good. because we love it. I mean, our tap room, we have eight hampels. Yeah, we have eight keg lines. We have eight amples. Mm. We sell more cask beer each week than we do keg, keg oh, beer. Oh, that's amazing. Um, that's awesome. And, you know, I think it's uh, I, I, we should be incredibly proud of that. You know, I mean, I've been to uh, some, of, some of the pubs over here on this trip and previous trips where you have the cask mark. You know, there's, mm. there's been some v- seriously good work done in, in presenting what cask beer should be. Mm. And in my tiny little experience in life, Sweden's probably second to the UK in terms of, like, serving cask beer as it should be you know you go to the states and try that i mean there's a couple of really good breweries who are focusing on it over there but it's i love the fact that it's still such a quintessentially english thing you know and and we really should be protecting it as best we can you know i'm not the person who can who can try and bang the drum to to kind of reverse the decline uh you know we can brew good beer we can make sure it's available for people but it's something that, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. I, I'm not experiencing it because I live in a part of the world, a part of the UK that gets it and appreciates it. Yeah. But I think the headline making places like London, it's definitely a, a challenge. I think
2: it's a really fun product to work with, mm. for, for, first of all. Definitely. Uh,
0: we're we going
2: to cut this short. Sorry. Yeah, sure, uh, well,
0: we're doing short interviews. <laughs> yeah. We could go on for a day here. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm going to uh, ask you the final question, which is the hardest question you could put to anyone who likes beer. You're going to die, and you can get one more beer, whatever beer you want
3: in the entire world, but you can get one. You say this is the hardest question. This yeah. is the easiest question I've ever been <laughs> asked. Oh, nice. <laughs> I get asked this question quite a lot, uh, and the easy answer for me is Odell IPA. Okay, That yeah. beer changed my life in terms of my perception of what quality beer is in terms of IPA. I was working in a bottle shop, and we used to stock various beers, and the first time I grabbed one of an Odell IPA that we had over in, and Doug is also a really nice guy. And become a really good friend of ours, actually. You know, I, 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 I'm a fanboy of, of Odell, <laughs> massively. So it's, that's why it's an easy question to answer I for me. I actually
0: almost shot him in the head with a beer cork. Don't do that. A, a couple <laughs> of years back <laughs> over here at the festival. I had these beers from Shock. Can't remember where in the U.S. they're located. But they bring up, like, old beer styles. And they, they were the ones who started with Gorsa. Uh, right, And yeah. made it popular again. Sure. Uh, and I stood there with their double... And I'd noticed the pressure in that one was extreme, so I stood at one end of the bar and tried to hit a bin at the other end of the bar, and there was Doug, and he got it on his shoulder, and he was like, "What the?" Look, and I'm like, "Sorry," <laughs> and that was my first meeting with Doug.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't the, the You're anyone's last meeting with Doug. Yeah, well, I've I've got, I've just got a huge respect for for that brewery going back to way before I was ever involved with Roosters, and we've been fortunate enough that. Doug's come and collaborated with us a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, made friends with people at their brewery. I get I fortunate enough to go over to Fort Collins and drink their beers, so Odell IPA all the way. And uh, uh, nice
2: tap room as well. Oh incredible. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks pleasure.
0: for having me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have a great festival. You two guys. Jeez. Sounds, like, sounds like you already are. <laughs> yeah, <we> are. <laughs> Cheers, bud. Cheers. One. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. Mm. Uh, and we're sitting here with Mickey Oranzon, competition master, beer and food blogger, man with... Y- YouTuber? YouTuber. <laughs> That's why I recognize <laughs> you. Ah. That's why I recognize uh, you. No. Man, <laughs> man, the man who, uh, <laughs> who knows sovid like no one else in the world. I always watch your recipes on ah. sovid. Uh, sous an air fryer
4: yeah, that's yeah, yeah. my thing <laughs> you did
5: some
2: cooking things <laughs> on YouTube right yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I've seen that's the <laughs> 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 will be hungry always hungry oh yes like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. always <laughs> hungry
0: Mickey Joransson uh, you're kind of um, a name in the business uh, I must say
4: I mean as a sub name I'm not uh, I'm not like the only beer I mean I, I do beer but I do so much else I'm, I'm try. T- I try to be I don't I don't try to be Top dog in any business. I try. But you to like know everything. I want to be a jacks of all trade. <laughs> the Joker So, so uh, <laughs> uh,
0: who are you? What's your background? What? Why the hell are you here?
4: Okay, so uh, basically, uh, I started off as a chef. Uh, worked as a chef for, like thirteen years. Started to realize that food and wine was a thing. So I uh, went on a sommelier. Uh, to get sommelier education or sommelier diploma uh, because I wanted to to do the not the work that a sommelier does but I want to understand how a sommelier thinks when I do the cooking and then I realized that I mean sommeliery is a lot of beer I mean a lot of wine but a, n- not so much beer so I had the opportunity to uh, go into the beer scene as a sommelier as a judge in this competition that I now uh, organize. Mm. So my the, the guy that did this before took me in as a regular judge. But I realized that when I did my first judging, I think I thought too much in a wine perspective. And I have realized afterwards that it's not always good to only think wine when you're tasting beer because it's so... It's not different but you have to think in another way when you're judging.
0: Kind of in a different dimension.
4: Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah exactly. And, and when you drink wine and think wine you can actually think that some flaws in beer is pretty good because it's, it's a nice taste in wine. So mm. I didn't have that when I started. Uh, and I learned the hard way of trying a lot of beers and understanding that some of these flavors shouldn't be there. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this is the 30th
0: anniversary of uh, the Beer and Whiskey Festival.
4: What do you think of it so far? It's pretty nice. I mean, it's always a little bit more quiet the first Thursday because it's press and it's Mm. basically the enthusiasts that want to just grab the first talks to the with the, with the brewers and the, the, the ex- ex- exhibitors like us, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> uh, and don't want, they don't want to like fight with the other crowd to get the best beers, so it's always best to, to go here the first Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday it's a little bit more party feeling, right, but how many years have you been doing this now i've been here since' nine. I think I think the first time I I went I, I did my first judging was oh nine. That's twelve years ago, man. It is.
2: Damn, I'm getting old. <laughs> 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 for a long time. So, as, as a beard judge, then you, you, I mean, you kind of follow beer trends, I guess. You'll well, see I mean, what's happening and, and yeah, a little bit, yeah. How do you? F- we have asked this question. Two times, three, two times now, and uh, we haven't done it for a while because you know beer was going pretty slow there for a while. But how do you see the beer trends evolving now after the pandemic? With, uh, for example, IPAs and, and traditional loggers, would always say that if I just take the numbers of
4: the competing beers, uh, the IPA trend is still strong, mm. uh, but there was a lot of low ABV beers, and mm. I don't know if. That was something that happened during the pandemic. That they started doing, they, the breweries started doing a lot of good low ABV beers because they could sell it in regular stores. And I don't know. I mean, pe- of course, people went to this uh, to the sustainable market, but still, uh, the accessibility to good beer in in regular stores with a la- lower ABV. And I realized that the trend is good because the brewers uh, brewers. Have become really good at these kinds of beer with the le- lower ABV.
0: Lots of mm. flavors, lower uh, ABV. Exactly. And but when you when you say uh, IPA is still a strong trend, it's not a trend. No, it's not a it's trend. It's the new Stu Stark.
4: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. E-
0: everyone, it, like when people come into the bar, there's actually more people now. Uh, well, we work mm. in a yeah. beer-oriented bar. So yeah. There's more people asking for different kinds of IPAs yeah. than different kinds of lagers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's so that's I true. mean,
4: it's and I think I think the beer the beer geeks uh, basically go forward to drinking the some IPAs, but then they go for the real good lagers instead. And the regular mm. customer they want IPAs. So the, the the trend has flipped. So the regulars want the IPAs, and the the form the the, the beer geeks they formerly wanted all the really cool IPAs want good lagers now. Mm. Something like that.
0: Or or old-style exactly. British ales. Yeah, and yeah.
4: Like British and, and even, even old-style IPAs, like English IPAs and, and stuff like that.
2: Well, we're cutting this short, these interviews. So, the last question. The yep. toughest one we have. Okay, You're about to die right now. Okay. So, you can have one more beer. <laughs> Whatever you want. What are you having? Only one. I don't know if you're going to think I'm boring, but...
4: A beer that always suits my heart and suits my soul and suits my palate is <laughs> an unfiltered, unpasteurized Pilsner Kell from the barrel in their basement. That's not boring at all. No, no, that's, not, no, <laughs> that's just up our alley, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I think no one's going to question you on that
0: one. No, 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 no. no. We'll, t- we'll take that to the bank any day of the week. Thank yeah. you very much. Cool. Mikke, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you in the podcast. Thank it's you very much. It's been a pleasure to be on the
4: podcast. Thank you so <laughs> Thank much. You. Have a nice day. Bye. <laughs> Thanks.
2: Hello guys, welcome back to Beer Bubbles. We're still here at Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival, the 30th anniversary. It's 30 long years yes. of this one going. is yeah. still here <laughs> and uh, Christian Ohman is here.
6: Yeah, thank uh. you, thank you. And who are you? Uh, I'm the responsible f- for the brewing education in Sweden from uh, the l- small city in uh, Dalarna called Ludvika.
7: Ludvika. 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 <laughs> Ludvika.
6: Yes. <laughs>
0: Uh, and uh, well, you you have to have a background. background. How the hell did you end up being <laughs> doing what uh, you do?
6: How the hell? Yes, I started and uh, working in uh, Preps Brewery in nineteen eighty three uh, after a um, uh, uh, bad handball career, and I started working <laughs> with the brewery. And uh, I I work with breweries uh, since nineteen eighty three. Uh, in Sweden and uh, abroad, uh, formerly in uh, Russia. Mm. I worked with lots of breweries in Russia, and I uh, also worked with breweries in Sweden. And then they have, uh, I have the oppor- oppor- opportunity to uh, be a leader for the education in uh, Ludvika in uh, Sweden. He's
0: the headmaster. The headmaster. The headmaster. Yeah. The (laughs) the Dumbledore Brewery. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. uh, But that was back then. Uh, When did the uh, Ludwig uh, education program start?
6: Uh, It started in uh, 2005, and I was uh, an educator from the beginning, and from uh, 2014, I was responsible for the education. And uh, then I have worked with us uh, since 2014.
0: Uh, I've got to ask you because you've seen, the, as you said, this business from '83 and and forward. Yeah. What's the biggest difference?
6: Can't see some uh, big difference. Uh, you mean for the person who started on your education? I no, think, I, like I mean
0: it? for the beer business and all.
6: The beer business, yeah, it changed uh, very lot from uh, big breweries to this. Uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, Handwerksbrügerie. Craft breweries. Proper- breweries. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, from the beginning it was just the big breweries in Sweden and now they are 486. Uh, craft brewers in sweden That's just and amazing. it's a very big difference and it's a b- b- very nice uh, thing to be a part of this uh, the explosion explosion of this <laughs> craft breweries yes 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 exactly
2: and it's the 30th anniversary of the stockholm beer and whiskey festival
6: yeah and i've been here for uh, re- uh, around 10 years mm. every year
2: what do you think of this year
6: yeah, it's uh, it's very good, very good. I, uh, it's one of the uh, things in my calendar. I always just put in,
5: <laughs> uh, and
6: uh, Marianne this uh, drives uh, this uh, Stockholm Brewing. She says this is the. Uh, she thinks this is the part of uh, the education to t- students to have to visit uh, m- uh, the Stockholm Brewing. Stockholm Beer Festival. Stockholm Beer Brewing. Festival. Yeah. Yes, you brought yes. two
2: today, right? What? You brought two with you today. No, 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 no.
6: We have uh, around ten of the students oh, ten. here. Okay. Ten yeah. of the students are here. We're
2: going to meet one of the students later on. So
0: yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You work with beers. You work with educational stuff, I but you have to put your ear to the ground and listen to what happens as well. So, do you? What do you think about the beer trends now? What's happening and what's not?
6: Uh, it's uh, lots of uh, different uh, flavors in beers and ca- uh, n- now so new sorts of beers that uh, does not uh, r- was realized for 10 years ago. And it's a very big difference. So lots of experimentation. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of the students do, do, do brewing with uh, this uh, pine, uh pine, cones and pine, pine... Pine corns <laughs> and everything. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's very different. Very oh. different from the beginning. Should
2: I ask the last question? You should ask the last question. <laughs> the hardest <laughs> one? Yes. You're about to die now, Christian. But you what? can have one more beer yeah. before you die. What are you having?
6: Uh, I think I will have uh, this... Um, I don't remember the name now, but it's... Uh, I think I would say uh, Carnegie Porter. Carnegie oh, Porter. Yeah. Carnegie because, Porter. You, because you're from Gothenburg.
0: Yeah, I'm That's from why. Gothenburg. <laughs> yeah,
6: I love Gothenburg and everything <laughs> like around Gothenburg. Uh,
0: maybe an, a matured uh, Carnegie Porter. Ate for a few years. And like, yeah, yeah,
6: uh, yeah. Uh, I have Porter from 1995 and it's <laughs> very good. Very good. <laughs>
0: Christian, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, you have a great festival. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. you. Cheers. Cheers,
6: Cheers, everyone.
2: Hey, guys. Welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We're still here at Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival, the 30th year's anniversary. Yeah. Perfect. And Cece's here. I'm here. And we're sitting here with someone special from, a, a, for me, a new brewery. It's not that old, right? From television brewery. In so. Bromma, in, in Stockholm. In Stockholm. Yeah. So, why don't you introduce yourself?
7: Oh, thank you. Uh, my name is Fredrik Stadin, uh, and I've been brewing uh, since I was uh, 17, I think. And, um, lost and you're th- now 19. <laughs> <laughs> Last couple of years, uh, I've been uh, building up my uh, brewery called Television Brewing, and that's all thats that is uh, my hobby. Mm. But uh, now the hobby is going to uh, going uh, turn over to something else. It's going to be nice. a profession. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> should we? Should we? Should you introduce your beer as well? Yeah, all right. Uh, I have here a West Coast IPA uh, called West Coast Showdown. Uh, it's a tribute to uh, the classic West Coast style, uh, which I fell in love with, really, with when I was starting to uh, enjoy craft beer. And uh, this is a style that you see coming back? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that uh, this is a style that's go- uh, coming back. Uh, uh, I hope that uh, it does that. But uh, really, it's I, I made it just... Because I, I have wanted to do this for a really long time.
2: The smell is phenomenal, I'll, t- I'll tell you. And it guys, premiered mm-hmm. at Argets next month, you said? Yeah, in November mm-hmm.
7: it's going to be in, in uh, Sustenbolaget.
2: So what's your background? Uh, be-
7: besides brewing since
0: you were 17, you're not 19 now, you were... You are yeah. a bit older than yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
7: yeah, I mean, uh, now I'm, uh, I, uh, I'm a producer. I have a, a production company called Nordisk Drama and Documentary. Mm. Uh, and that's my profession. Uh, I'm doing uh, documentaries and uh, musical shows and so on. Lots for um, Swedish television. But uh, each year I made uh, more beer and is went more professional for each year. And uh, last year... I went from my, uh, I had w- uh, 150 liters brewery in my basement in the, in the, in the house. <laughs> and uh, yeah, last year I bought uh, one hectolitre brewery and mm. uh, put it in the, the old uh, brew house of Prips. So yep. it's a classic turf.
0: Yeah, Prips, for those who don't know what Prips is, is one of the be- it's actually the old government owned uh, brewery. That bought up all the breweries <laughs> in Sweden, basically, yeah. uh, before the, the boom of new croppers,
7: brewers. And the building is really magic. I mean, it's so cool, and I believe that, like it's uh, the uh, the Swedish uh, answer for, of Bronx or Brooklyn, mm. Be- because <laughs> it's it's so cool with the with the bricks uh, in the walls and so on and uh, so I really love to be there just being in the building and brew there is really really uh, great and television brewing
0: comes from you working loads with television of yeah
7: course. exactly yeah. Yeah. And now you see the breweries
2: <laughs> so, uh, you're going up now that's uh, <laughs> what you're saying or?
7: Yeah. hopefully I, I mean uh, I would like to, to maybe do some crossovers I can uh, maybe do some documentaries going out meet uh, brewer, other brewers we're there <laughs> we can help you no worries. <laughs> <Okay. laughs>
2: <laughs> so this is the 30th anniversary of the uh, Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival. Uh,
7: what do you think about it so far? This is the first time for me mm-hmm. uh, as an exhibitor. And uh, it has been really an joy just uh, this afternoon because uh, people are really, really kind and saying kind things about beer and they are very friendly. I think it's very nervous to meet people uh, in the face uh, when, uh, when they're going to taste the beer because, mm. uh, yeah, it's, I mean... Uh, I've been well, it's <laughs> your baby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I sure put in lots of work <laughs> in it. And I, I mean, uh, I, really like, I really hope that people like it like me uh, because I'm brewing the beer that I really like to drink myself. I
0: think that is kind of key for a good brewery. If the brewer don't believe in what he's making he can never make a good beer. A good beer. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to have this love for your own product, it's kind of a uh, Democles sword hanging over you because mm. when you get bad feedback, it really hurts. When you get good feedback, it really lifts you up like crazy.
2: Yeah, it is. And everybody can't like everything. So no, 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 of course uh, not. not of course. Uh, but, but I do like this one. This is really nice. It's the West Coast IPA. It's dry and crisp. It's beautiful. Uh, and it is
0: like, the when I started drinking IPAs back in like the late '90s, when we got like the American beers over, and first time we got you got them really fresh and really crispy. It's that style. You work with beer now. What do you think is the new trend when it comes to? Uh, brewing uh,
7: actually uh, I, I'm not really sure about that I mean uh, the west coast style the clean, clean style I've I seen that lots of other people doing that also so um, I, I think yeah that might be a movement but uh, I'm not sure what's happening in the, in the business <laughs> <laughs>
0: well if we knew we'd all be millionaires because we'd only be making those beers wouldn't we yeah uh, because up and down yeah. well, but your, the style of your brewery is this what you do, or is it, is it a mixed bag of different yeah, stuff? Yeah,
7: uh, actually, I mean, uh, what uh, what I'm doing is uh, I, I work uh, with things that uh, would gives me lust and uh, yeah. what I like and what, and I I bring th- stuff around me what I like and so on. And this is also uh, things that I do. I mean, I like this beer, but. I also think that it's very important to uh, to be free and do what you want to do. Uh, I like street art because uh, that's the way to take over the city without money. You can you can put up your uh, w- what you want to say with no cost. Mm. I like that because um, I think uh, we are. Uh, it's difficult to fight all these things that you have to do and all the. So I, I believe that if you drink a television brewing beer, you, you're going to have that feeling to be free. You can do what you want.
0: That, that's, the, that's the thought behind you what, what you're doing. Yeah. To have to have your own little anarchy seeping into yeah. the society.
7: Yeah, it, it's important to don't listen to authorities. You, you have to listen to your own voice. Because otherwise people crush you. You, you have to stand up for your rights <laughs> <laughs> you got to fight heart, yeah exactly for your rights. yeah but but you if you do what you what you feel inside you also are happy and you you can work a lot you can do a lo- lot of things i mean i i work uh, a lot but uh, i have fun also well
2: you have a smile on your face yeah yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> Should I ask the most devastating question? Yes. We have the deadly Which one. Right. The deadly one. Is the last question: You're sadly going to die right now. Okay. And you can have one last beer, whichever beer you want. What would it be?
7: My last beer. Mm. I think it would be uh, West Coast Showdown. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you love your own beer, and that's yeah, perfect. That's choice. perfect. <laughs>
0: yeah. Frederick, it's been absolutely fantastic having you in the podcast. Thank you very much for participating. Fredrick?
8: Thank, thank you so very much. much. Yeah, uh, i look
0: forward to tapping your beers at Akrot soon again. Yeah, and and <laughs> we will we will see more of each other. I'm I'm sure of it because yeah. we really like your beers. We do.
2: Uh, thank you very um, much.
0: We're going to come back down to your monte down there, your st- stand down there, and we're going to try the rest of your beers as well because right. this Definitely. is awesome. I think you're onto something. Thank onto you something very much. really good.
7: All right. Thank you very right. much. Yeah, yeah. Happy to see you down in the Okay. <laughs> thank thank you. you. Cheers. 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 Cheers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. We think so, anyhow. Uh, Rasmus and me, we're sitting here. Hello. uh, And we are talking to Tim Dewey, who, well, in my opinion, Timmy Taylor's landlord is kind of the beer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's
5: the archetypal cast ale, I would say. Oh, come on. This
0: is one of my
2: heroes. One of the beers that got me into drinking proper beer.
5: Yeah, yeah.
2: I can say that I'm proper depressed because I found that you, your website has a shirt that says, Make Mine a
5: Landlord. Yeah, yeah. And you can't get it to Sweden. Oh. oh, I think I might be able to find a way of getting it over to you guys. Oh, I would love oh, that. I,
2: I've tried to buy it, but yeah. I can't. I can't get around your website. Got you a glass <laughs> there as well. Uh, Tim,
0: uh, I'm going to be totally frank. You, you were on your way out of here because you, you're here with your wife in Stockholm.
5: That's right. In yeah. fact, it's the first business trip I've ever had, and I've been traveling internationally for years. I worked in the spirits industry. In fact, I looked after Sweden for uh, Smirnoff Vodka okay. when I was a regional director for Smirnoff Vodka. It's the first business trip I've ever brought her on, and, and somehow the schedules worked <laughs> out a bit odd, and so I've basically abandoned her. But uh, anyway. <laughs> so we're not going to keep you for too long. Yeah, don't but worry. T-
0: tell us who you are and what do you do at Timothy Taylor's.
5: Yeah. So as I say, my name's Tim Dewey. I'm the chief executive of Timothy Taylor's. And I suppose my uh, claim to fame, if there were one, is that I'm the first non-family member to run the brewery. So for uh, uh, three generations, it was run by Taylor's. Uh, Then the last Taylor had two daughters. And a chap named Charles Dent married one of the daughters. So he I suppose Strictly wasn't a tailor, but he'd married into the family, mm-hmm. and then I followed on from Charles, and uh, fortunately, I'm still married to my wife, and I haven't <laughs> married a tailor yet. <laughs> so you're probably the second Tim. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's absolutely true. What's your
0: background? How did you so, end up in this?
5: So, first of all, what brought me to Europe? You can tell I have an American accent. I studied over in the UK uh, at Oxford University in 1978-79, showing my age. <laughs> and uh, believe it or not, I met my wife on a train on the way to Wales. Oh. She's Welsh. <laughs> and uh, we got to know each other that year, dated transatlantically, uh, eventually got married, lived in the States. But she was very close to her parents and said, look, I'd like to live in the UK. And I thought, look, I enjoyed my time in the UK. Let's let's do it. And my main background is actually in the spirits industry, as I mentioned before. And uh, it did it did make me wonder why Taylor's hired this guy, <laughs> whose background was largely in spirits. Mm. Uh, but when you get involved with Taylor's, you you find that the reason the breweries existed for so long, and founded in 1858, is we like to zig while others zag. And some people in the beer industry probably haven't looked after the industry as well as others. And Taylor's likes to be very ruthless on, on, on a certain things. And I think my premium spirits background really fit with the ethos of the company, which was why they, they brought me into the business. And you and me talked a bit earlier today about
0: call scales and how they are progressing in the UK. And that's quite a depressing thing to look
5: at. Yeah, I mean, the figure I, sh- I shared with you is I joined Taylors in December 2014. And if you look at the figures now, the Cascale market is 35% lower. Um, so there's a bit of a COVID impact, uh, uh, impact on that. But the way to think of it is we've lost one in every three pints of Cascale from the, from the mm-hmm. market. But you haven't. No, no. And so the figure <laughs> I also shared with you is... Um, if you go back to two thousand and fourteen, uh, Timothy Taylor's accounted for one in fifty pints of cascale served in the UK. We now account for one in every twenty pints of cascale served. So you've so, probably lost nothing really. Oh no, we've we've grown, but we haven't grown as dramatically as the share in you know, the share increase from say two percent to five percent would say we've grown by two and a half times. Well no, because some of that growth uh, some of the share growth is a result of the market getting smaller, and some is us growing. It's been the combination mm-hmm. of the two.
2: I had delivery day, and uh, we had
5: delivery day today. And I took uh, four
2: landlords, four bolt makers, and two no springs. Oh, very He's so. been carrying beers today. Yeah. I've been <laughs> drinking beers instead. <yesterday. laughs>
0: the delegation. It's called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah,
2: Well, we do have a landlord in front of us, so well, cheers. cheers. Yeah, cheers. Now it
0: is just as lovely mm-hmm. as. It should be. It it is actually better down at your stand when you get get the proper, cask yeah, the version. Cask. But yeah, yeah, to be
5: honest, the way our our head brewer likes to put it, because um, the cask landlord, I would say, is a superior product to the bottle. But he gets upset at that because you know the fact of the matter is that is one of the top ten selling bottled ales in the UK. Oh yeah, <laughs> and so Andy Le Man, our head brewer, the way he puts it, he said. I like to think of them as two products. You know, One is Landlord the cask ale, which obviously is a fantastic cask ale. Mm-hmm. The other is Landlord the bottled product. And by definition, it's going to be different to the cask ale because yeah. it doesn't undergo the secondary fermentation in the cask, which is why, for those that are really um, pay attention to detail, you notice that the bottled Landlord is 4.1% uh, ABV or alcohol by volume, and the cask is 4.3 because our fermentation actually creates another 0.2 degree of alcohol in yeah. the cask after it's left the brewery. The good thing about a bottle is that you can actually take it home. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and also, it has a year shelf life. Yeah. Uh, where again, you know, not everyone's aware that with cask beer, from when we produce it, you're talking eight to 10 weeks. But even more critically, once an outlet, a pub or bar, starts to serve from that cap, not so much tap it, but starts to draw the beer off, you're talking really three days that they need to sell through that oh, because yeah. there's no pressure to stop oxygen uh, getting into that yeah. beer. Very yeah, the, different the, the to the a beer keg beer. It oxidizes
0: because well, it, it oxidizes slower because it's still fermenting, yeah. but it still oxidizes quite fast, and, and, and the keg it is does,
5: open. So. Yeah, does it no, make that's a the difference? thing. It's the main the fact that the keg is is open and also as you pull uh the beer out, there's more room for the air. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: So but does it make a difference when you have it in a in a, a good temperature and also we seal it every night with the hard pegs? Yeah. Does that make a difference? Or it,
5: it, it, it helps, but you should still really yeah. get through within that three you know, maybe if you're pushing we, it forward we've forward, we've never we we had, we 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 never had a that. landlord or a bolt maker standing longer than three days ahead. I think yeah, the Noel
2: Springs yeah. went in like a day last well, time. I, I,
5: I met a gentleman today who, um, I'm sorry, I forget his name, but uh, he said the first time he got landlord into his outlet, um, he said it went in two hours, so he didn't have, <laughs> to, he didn't have to worry about the three-day uh, issue. Yeah, it, it does happen
2: here. <laughs> the cask the, the Ale geeks in Sweden are really... Yeah, well, there's that, not yeah.
0: that many places that do serve proper cask gales. Yeah, And uh, Akrat uh, was the second one uh, outside of the UK mm. to get the cask mark just after Oliver Twist, where he used to work then. <laughs> mm. 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, but but it it is also, when you look at cask scales, do look at the places, do ask the cask
5: mark, because they know how to treat the beer. Yeah. And interestingly, I mean, on, on that point you know, we've picked up a lot of new distribution points in the UK. And actually, this year, the orientation of our sales force has changed. All our sales force are cask mark trained and full seller trained. um, And their orientation is, okay, yes, if there's a good count, uh, let's bring it on. But let's focus on all those accounts we've gained as we've grown Mm -hmm. and make sure they're all really selling it at optimum uh, quality. And so we've started a big quality initiative with the sales force where they're measured as much on whether they're going into outlets, tasting the beer, helping the landlord with issues the landlord might be having or landlady for that matter. Um, so that's been a big change for us this coming, coming year. Thanks for that, I'll tell you. Mm. it's Because like,
0: Cascade needs all the help it can get. Yeah. And, and to serve bad Cascades is getting people to try it once and never try it again.
5: Yeah, no, that's yeah. the that's the concern. And look, I've I've had bad experiences with Cask Ale, and I always think to myself, you know, I'm in the industry, and and sometimes I have a bad experience, and I'm in my own time. And the next time I'm in that outlet, I'm thinking, well, it's my you know, I just want a beer sometimes, you know. And mm. I think that's an awful situation for Cask to get itself into. So that's where the focus of the industry really needs to be. Yeah, definitely.
0: And and it's the 30th anniversary of the Stockholm Real Whisker Festival. First time for you here. Yeah. Uh, but you're standing with some good guys in, in your Monter down there. It's like you've got Thornbridge. Yeah. And you've got Rodgate. You're yeah. right na- in the
5: same Monter as you.
0: <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And
5: I mean, the great thing, uh, I, you know, I said I came out of the spirits industry. But what I would say... I found in Spirits also holds true with, uh, with brewing, which I love, which is there's a real collegiate atmosphere. You know, the fact of the matter is some of those, you know, we are competing against each other, sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. But it doesn't really get in the way of uh, getting on when you're together and that kind of collegiate aspect. And that was also true, I found, in like the, the Scotch whiskey industry where mm. distillers depend on other distillers for their blended whiskies, etc. So of course. I feel I've been lucky in the industries I've chosen <laughs> or that have chosen me. Yeah, It's friendly people all around. It's, yeah. it's why we love this business. It's, a, it's friendly
2: and it's for everybody. Yeah. I don't know if we yeah. should talk about trends when we're talking about no, Timmy Taylor's. We shouldn't do
0: that. Because so, Timmy Taylor is a trend in itself and, it, yeah. and it's a non-ending trend,
2: at least he, in my book. And yeah, yeah. since his wife is alone, we're going to ask him the most difficult <laughs> question we have. Do you oh want to yeah, do yeah. the honors?
0: Uh, I'd love to. Yeah, I'm terribly sorry, Tim, but you're going to die today and you can have one more
5: beer before you go. What would it be? <laughs> well, Anything in the world. But what would it be? Well, I'm sorry. One more beer would have to be landlord. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, that may sound obvious. Let me tell you, I didn't know about Timothy Taylor's before I joined and I quite like my wine. Mm. And the reason I would choose landlord is I love burgundy wine. And I refer to landlord to, like, friends, you know, who aren't in the industry. I say to them, look, in my view, it's the Burgundy of the Cascale market. So it's, it's got that richness, the fullness, you know, that a Burgundy wine has. But still crisp and, and, yeah. and to the provide. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I like that answer. This should would have gone well here <laughs> now, mate. No, I know. <laughs> you know, you should
5: have. I said to Jeremy, if he, I could have brought one over in my ah. bag, you know. <laughs> you know what? We'll, we'll speak to
0: Jeremy. We'll make sure he, he gets us one each. Yeah, because yep. uh, I'm sure I I, I might I have spent a few like half an hour on the up my sleeve <laughs> to get something across <laughs> to uh, Sweden. Tim, thank you very much. Fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much. No, no. Well, thank you guys for having thank me. It's <laughs> been a been a pleasure, really. <laughs> a pleasure um, for us as well. Uh, have a great stay in Stockholm with your wife. Great. Yeah. No, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you, thank right. you. Cheers. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. (gasps) I'm sitting here with uh, Rasmus. Yay. Uh, As per usual, this is Cece and Sofia. Hello. 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 Uh, So, you are kind of new to the business. Yes. Really, really fresh.
8: Really, really fresh. You're still studying? Yes. I've just brewed one beer. Okay. Well,
0: you, you, uh, we had Christian on earlier, Christian Oman, Yeah. From uh, Ludvika. And you're studying at Ludvika uh, as a brewery technician.
8: Yes, exactly. Uh,
0: how long have you studied so far?
8: We've been studying for two months. So it's just two different courses so far. And uh, you
0: are, uh, I know this because I spoke to Christian a bit, <laughs> you're doing your uh, uh, like practice work at Rodanes. Yes, exactly. In Gothenburg. Nice. Mm. Where we haven't been, but I've been. Yeah, we haven't been. We, we were uh, supposed uh, to uh, go, uh, but <laughs> we didn't. It's a
8: big craftsmanship yeah. brewery. Yeah.
0: And it's also in, located in one of the coolest buildings in Is Sweden. Is that the place with yes. the pool? Yeah, pool oh, on the rooftop. Gotcha. No, but no, no. In. Not no? the pool.
8: Well, a it's roof. a helicopter <laughs> hangar. Well, they got it's oh, an helicopter old hanger. helicopter
0: hangar, but they got the pool upstairs with a, with a
8: roof that no, opens up. No, it's still I- like in the bottom of the helicopter hangar. And mm. then beneath that, that's ah. the brewery. Mm-hmm. So yeah. behind the bar where the pool is, it's mm. like a bar area with a pool. And behind that, there's like a lift.
0: And then you and go you down go to, go the, down brewery. to yeah. the brewery.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely awesome. Well, yes. We wouldn't have known if it was in there, but we haven't.
0: Sophia, <laughs> tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up doing what you do.
8: Well, I'm uh, 31 years old. I'm from Landvetter, so close to Mönlöke, where Roland is. And I've always wanted to work with something that is a craftsmanship. So uh, I crashed and I didn't work for five years because I lost my memory and everything like that. And I was like, I need to do something because I'm a big nerd. I need to do something where I can just like zone into and uh, try and learn everything about. And this felt so right. And I found Rodanäs, which we had like a lot of stories about when I grew up in Landvetter because we saw it on the other side of the lake. Yeah, Because it was a
0: millionaire who built the plot, built the house, helicopter pad, everything cool.
8: We call it the Crazy Inventor Helicopter Hangar House. (laughs) 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 So uh, I was like, I need to go there someday.
0: I I have to ask you. Yeah. uh, What's your favorite beer style?
8: That's a very, very very hard question. Because before I started uh, this education, I would have said lager. Because it's easy to drink. It's... Like, not much flavor. And I really, really hated IPA. Like, uh, I thought that it was too bitter. Everyone that I t- tasted, it was too bitter. And now when I start the education, I really, really like it <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Because...
2: Uh, Usually what happens. <laughs> yeah.
8: When you're dry hopping and you get like the... The fruitiness. And the yes. Fruit. So and you're,
0: you're a haze crazy.
8: Yes, I like flavor. (laughs) I don't just like bitterness, I like flavor. I didn't know about it until I started studying it, like what different flavors comes from. So Mm. it's not until now that I was like, I like the flavor, it's Mm. not the bitterness. I like like the experience. But it's
0: kind of cool also, since you're doing this... You also know why you get bitterness from d- different kinds of mm. uh, brewings. Uh, well, if you add hops early, you get more bitterness. If you add hops late, you get more aromas. Uh, so, so, it's to you, that must be kind of cool to know where the flavors come from that you like.
8: Yes. And uh, my boyfriend that I'm living with, he's usually the one that goes to Sustain Agate where you buy the beer. And he gets like different kinds of beer than we never tried before. And he gets them, and we take half and half. So we try it at the same time. And then I always ask him, like, what do you taste? And he's like, it's a good beer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, 30th anniversary of the Stockholm Beer Whiskey Festival. Yes. How many times have you been here?
8: This is the first time. First time? Welcome. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? I like it. And I was talking to Christian Norman, earlier and he said that there's a lot of less like breweries in here. But I like it because you can walk around and look what you really want and try it out and everyone is so friendly.
0: And it's all craft beers. There's no none of the big ones here. It's only the craft beer brewers here.
8: Exactly and they really know the different flavours of the beer so I've been walking up there and I was like I don't want one of the ordinary beers because I'm here to try experimental beers hmm. so I'm like something that people ordinary doesn't order in a bar that's what I've been asking for and I've been getting it the whole day oh. and it taught me so much about flavors it
2: does. and it also depends on what kind of bar you go to like yes there are like most bars have have the same sortiment yes and uh it's our, the macro country we live in that, that has that. But we need to support the bars that do, doesn't have that. Like free the houses, breweries. the micro uh, yeah. brewers, and, and, but also the, the free houses, the bars that actually tries to take in this, to not have macro beers on tap. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you have the honors. Oh, I'm going to have the honors for the hardest question we're going to
0: ask oh, no. today. Mm, the one I told her we were gonna have a hard question yeah she was like
2: can you prepare me and I said nope nope <laughs> this is the time out of okay, the blue, I'm scared you're gonna die right now
8: okay let me have a sip of the beer first
2: <laughs> but you can have one last beer before you die <laughs> not that one you drink you can have one last beer before you die what are you having
8: is that the question yeah,
2: yeah. one beer before you die
0: what should you have
8: oh that's a really hard question oh yes, yes. <laughs> I would say something that I never drink because it's too filling. I get full after like one sip. So I would say Guinness. Okay, well. Because mm -hmm. I like the taste, but I get full after one sip. Mm -hmm. So I won't drink it. Until the day I will die. And it's the last, like the last beer. And I'm like, okay, I'm full. You can kill me now.
0: Sophia, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. Thank you. And have a great festival.
8: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Well, that's it for this time. The second episode will be released next Friday. Extra film and footage is also available at our Patreon. Supporting us there also gives you the chance to lay your hands on some cool merchandise. Thanks to our sponsors, Bishop Arms, Elite Hotels and Accurat for making this podcast a reality. And hey, whatever you do, drink better beer. It is time for the publiest podcast of the world. It's me
5: Bubbles!